for? G. Marie taught me. Strives to help women of color navigate tough issues and life's lessons. From love, loss, to the advice I should have listened to my damn self, this self-help podcast promises to deliver unscripted, unfiltered, and unapologetic realness. I am your host, G. Marie, and you are now tuning in to G. Marie Taught Me, the podcast. What is up, everybody? Thank you all so much for tuning in to G. Marie Taught Me, the podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by G. Marie Media, LLC. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. Um, I am really pressing to continue to create amazing content for my listeners. Uh, thank you all so much for your support, especially with the release of the new On Some G-Shit t-shirts, uh, the black with red writing on them. I mean, yo, I was really apprehensive about buying these shirts but I am so glad that I did so I just want to thank you all so much for your feedback and for your support um today's episode so we are doing episode 42 yes episode 42 uh today's episode is titled rejection is God's protection um so of course you guys know my podcast is simply unscripted unfiltered unapologetic but I'm going to be honest with y'all. Sometimes I have to write my show notes <laughs> so that way I know what it is that I want to talk about. But I'm going to be real with y'all. Today, I am just going off of the top of the dome. Um, so as you all know, I've been working on my manuscript for my book, G. Marie Taught Me. Love, Lost, and the Advice I Should Have Listened to My Damn Self. So I just want to let you all know I am in the process of literally creating a child and my goal is to birth this baby by December 2020 so y'all have to hold me accountable because writing a manuscript is not easy but I am going to stay on top of my shit I know the page mark where I want to be at as far as you know finishing my book I don't want to give you all too much to read. I want it to be a quick read, but most importantly, I want this book to be filled with um, a good amount of information. So obviously my podcast is pretty much centered around my manuscript, except for my manuscript, I go into more detail. So the podcast is kind of a snippet of uh, some things that I talk about as far as, you know, love, lost, and again, the advice I should have listened to my damn self. So uh, when you see the picture of me as a child and then the picture of me as an adult, this show is literally <laughs> created um, as a coping mechanism for, you know, the advice that I should have either taken myself as far as, you know, me being able to offer you all advice and you know how sometimes we don't take our own advice. So I am guilty, but I am learning how to not only, you know, practice what I preach, but you know, I gotta be an example. So today's inspirational quote, 
Um, mistakes and failures are just market research for your future success. David Batch. Um, so David Batch is actually an author. He wrote the book Smart Women Finish Rich. And then he also just wrote a book called The Latte Factor. I plan on reading that uh, probably in the next couple of months or so because I'm doing my own book challenge. So I don't know, you know, if any of my listeners like to read or listen to audiobooks but listen if you guys want to join this um goodreads book challenge with me please do so so my goal originally um i was shooting for 20 for 20 so i don't know if you guys kind of get the play on it i was going to read 20 books for the year 2020 but the way that my schedule is set up i'm gonna have to shoot for a solid 10 um, I, I might be playing myself short. Who knows? I might actually be able to bust out 20 novels. And that's me not listening to any audiobooks. I am simply reading every book. So I'm working on book number three. And the book title is Hiding in Hip Hop by Terrence Dean. Y'all, this is a good book. Um, this is actually my second time reading this book. I read it when I was 19. Uh, but unfortunately, when I let one of my friends borrow my book her mother I guess felt like she was too young to be reading this book so she threw my book away yes but that's here or there um that was like what however many years ago so I'm not upset anymore because I finally ordered another copy and I'm reading it again um, I'm actually kind of glad that I am reading it because it's helping me as far as understanding um, the download community, especially with African-American men. And I, I mean, you know, I highly suggest this book, Hiding in Hip Hop by Terrence Dean. And just FYI, Terrence Dean is actually a journalist who was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and he ended up moving to Cali and New York and a couple other places, but I think he settled in Cali. Um, but again, he is an amazing author. Um, he also has another book called Mogul that I've read some years ago that was really good. So he wrote a couple of nonfiction books and then, no, fiction, and then he wrote like maybe one or two non-fiction books um or like self-help books but anyway so let's get to the meat and the potatoes um again today's title is rejection is god's protection so um this isn't necessarily like a religious <laughs> podcast per se or um i guess the best quote to sum up this entire podcast like you know i have the heart of a saint but the mouth of a sailor I mean, so for anybody who is a Christian or who is very religious, I'm just going to be real honest with y'all. I'm a very spiritual person. I am non-denominational because I feel like I practice every religion you can think of. And I feel like every religion pretty much sums up to one religion. But that is another conversation for another day. So, but this, um, this title is really, really important to me because... It was an article that was sent to me by my sister Jennifer some years back and this was the title of the article and I read it for a split second um, it was it was actually the article and I hung it on my inspirational board for the longest uh, this is right before I decided okay I want to start a business and I had a board inspirational board pretty much just 
you know, give me the motivation to either become an entrepreneur or to be self-employed. And this article was something that I always referred to before I decided to start my entrepreneurial journey. So you all know that I still work a nine to five. I still have a regular job, but my regular job is so flexible. It allows me to still run my business. So, and it just so happens that I actually like my job. So I don't want to quit my job just yet, but yeah. So let's talk about it. Rejection is God's protection. So I am going to give you all a couple of scenarios where I was rejected for something that I really, really, you know, wanted to do. And it broke my heart when I did not get the opportunity to do the following things. But again, um, there was a reason for why that or or those series of events didn't need to happen. So the first thing um, I want to talk about is when I was rejected from the Wayne State University Dance Department in 2007. So I don't know if I've ever told this story, and I probably haven't, but um, I was attending the Detroit School of the Arts, and I graduated in 2007. And before I graduated, I decided to audition for the dance department at Wayne State University. Mind you, I think I was like 189 pounds, so I was much smaller than what I am today. Pretty much, I am mm, knocking on almost 100 pounds more than what I was in 07. But that is something that I am also working on too. Uh, when you turn 30, shit just kind of shifts after a while. So, But anyways, that's here nor there. Um, so I was rejected from the Wayne State University Dance Department in 2007. And it wasn't because I wasn't talented enough. And this is the part that I think pisses me off the most. It wasn't because I wasn't talented enough. It was because the faculty felt like I needed to lose weight. So for the longest, um, being a quote unquote plus size black ballerina was something that I identified with for a very long time. And there were several occasions where I was called fat when I wasn't fat and for the longest I struggled with you know an eating disorder um I would starve myself like I was working out excessively and that was around 2007 I ended up dropping to like 170 to the point where one of my old strikers asked if I was okay because she felt that I was getting too small she was like you you need to put some more meat on your bones. Like, I'm a little worried about you. So, I ended up getting a job at Jimmy John's. And I, I definitely gained that weight back plus more. And that was in um, 2008, right before I got my job working at Disney. Yeah. So, anyways, I was rejected from the dance department. Um, the dean at the time of the dance department, Doug Reisner, pretty much just told me, you know, I, I need to lose weight. And I could have sued the department for that type of discrimination, but I ended up quitting. I quit on myself because that was hard. That was a hard thing for me to swallow, especially knowing the promise that I had made my, um, my aunt Bernice before she passed away from ovarian cancer. And I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, I, I pretty much gave up dancing at that point and then I'm gonna tell you another story that really just pushed me over the edge to where I was like that's it I am not fucking dancing anymore like I can't do it so 
I ended up going back to Wayne State for journalism for like a year and a half. And then I dropped out and I ended up working for Disney. Um, so, so moving on. Yeah. So this is the story where I was just like, you know what? Maybe dance isn't for me. So this had to be, I feel like this was in 2008. It had to be before I ended up working or moving back to Detroit. I got to think about it. But I, I had a contract to go to China. Um, about 50 of us auditioned to tour in China for a year. And 10 of us, I think, got the slot. And I was I was in the top 10. One, I mean, it was such an amazing opportunity for me because, you know, I had never been out of the country. So I got my passport. You know, I was I was ready to do the damn thing. And I feel like this may have been in 2010 when I got back from China, but I gotta uh look at the dates again. So I'm, you know, picked as like one of the top 10 dancers to tour in China. So I'm a, I'm attending rehearsals. I'm busting my ass and I'm just excited to really be pursuing dance. Uh, it was, it was commercial. So I wasn't dancing for, you know, like an Alvin Ailey or a dance theater of Harlem, um, which I had aspired to do when I was younger, but I was doing commercial dance. So I was doing, you know, backup dancing and hip hop. But it was still something that I was, you know, passionate about doing. I, I grew up a dancer and that was, that's all I knew. So finally, the agents that was over the tour, not the agency, but the, um, I guess it was the other agency, agency, I'm sorry, that represented China. They kept telling the agency here in, in Detroit that I needed to lose weight again you all I weigh 175 around this time 175 so I still end up losing more weight do you know I went for my photo shoot I had a corset on I mean so I did so many different poses to try to make myself look smaller than what I was and the, I think it was like the same night of the photo shoot or maybe a week later, I got a call from the agency here in Detroit. Now, this agency was uh, ran by an African-American woman who she she danced like for a while, but then she stopped dancing. But to make a long story short, she called me and she finally broke the news to me. And she told me um, that I, my, my contract was being revoked because I didn't lose enough weight. So I was done. At that time, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm, I am completely done with dance. So for a while, I just, I did not dance. I did not teach. I didn't do anything. I was done. My heart was broken. My dreams were shattered, shattered because I was so tired of being put in this group or just being stereotyped every time, having to prove myself to these people as far as talent. I would go to different auditions and I would experience the same type 
of scrutiny every time and sometimes it was even from my own people my whole thing is you know as an african-american woman who likes her collard greens and cornbread and fried chicken and fried catfish and you know meatloaf dinners and whatnot i can eat i can eat most importantly you know my size does not limitate my talent and I would get so tired of like you know people posting pictures I mean not pictures but videos on Instagram of children primarily children who are a little bit bigger you know throwing it down and and just fucking it up as far as choreography and people like oh my gosh she threw down da, 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 da. but my whole thing is I'm like okay so did the girl throw down because she was talented or because you didn't expect her to go as hard because of her size so that shit also irritates me too and I feel like I have literally just been like the ambassador for proving people wrong about you know does size really matter and no size does not matter if you can do it you can do it but the thing is you know I find people that want to be in that industry still struggling with their image or still struggling with you know maintaining good health practices whether it be mental or physical because you got mofos whispering in their ear telling them you know well you know you could still drop a couple of pounds and, and you'll be this amazing or talented individual and sometimes you don't even have to be a dancer to go through something like this you can literally just be in the entertainment industry and still get shit from people because you're not the quote-unquote typical size but then again what is the quote-unquote typical size if you think about it the average size for an American woman is like what size 14 and size 16 the average shoe size is a size 10 so I mean I don't understand or or I don't I don't get what people seem to think is the norm you know in quotes unquote and I wish even like parents and and educators you know I wish you guys will pay more attention to how you talk to either your students or your children because you never know how that shit can affect them later on in life. I've even had had conversations with my own mother about, you know, my weight. And of course now, you know, she understands that. And it wasn't necessarily from an, an entertainment standpoint. It was just, just me being my size. And I mean, let's not talk about the scrutiny that I faced from my family. Uh, I mean, if I mentioned to you all, my great grandmother, before she died, she told me I was getting fat. Before she died, literally like a week before she passed away, the first thing that came out of her mouth was, ooh, girl, you getting fat. But then she tried to clean it up and say, oh, but it looks good on you. So again, we got to think about how we're talking to our our family or how we're talking to our friends like i'm going to be really real with you all if you think sitting your friend down and telling them that they gained x amount of weight is going to help them in um their ability to try to lose weight i'm going to tell you now it's going to do the opposite it's going to do the total fucking opposite when my best friend's mother 
would make comments about my weight. I It got to a point where I was just like, you know what? She cannot fucking come to my house anymore. That's just the end of that. Because you can't sit up here and eat my food and be in my house and still talk shit about me. When I'm sitting here feeding you this shit. And it's not like I'm, you know, feeding you pigs feet, ham hocks, or smothered pork chops. You know, I'm, I'm feeding you good. Feeding you a good meal. So if you can sit here and you can scrutinize me for my fucking weight, then you don't need to eat my food. But again, we need to think about what we're saying to our friends and to our family and how it makes them feel. Because I will tell you now, if anybody were to come to me and talk to me about my weight, because they think that it's going to encourage me to want to drop the pounds, it's going to do the opposite. So please be mindful of how you talk to your friends and your family. Um, Please be mindful of what it is that they're privately going through that you may not know about. You may not know the reason why they're gaining weight. Um, For me, I know I struggled with weight issues for a very long time, not just because it was a hereditary thing, but because of uh, hormones, birth control affects that shit. My travel schedule definitely affected that shit because I ate good every time I would go out of town and I ate out all the time. So I had to put myself not on a strict diet per se, but I had to make some lifestyle changes for me because I noticed that eating certain foods would make me feel a certain way. Like, even this morning, I went out um, and got breakfast in the hotel uh, restaurant here at the Hyatt in Cleveland. And eating hash browns makes me feel so heavy in the morning. So I noticed that I try not to eat like scrambled eggs with cheddar cheese, hash browns, and toast. I normally do that shit on a Friday um, or when Boo and I go out to brunch. Like I try not to eat heavy, heavy like that. I'll probably do an oatmeal or a protein shake in the morning or some fruit just because of you know how it makes me feel but that's me recognizing something and doing something about it not for the sake of anybody else but for the sake of myself and that's also another conversation that I feel that I have to have with people sometimes like I've had a conversation about my weight with another person and yeah they might have gave me some um unsolicited advice but here's the thing I take whatever I need to take in stride and I keep on moving. But most importantly, I let people know, hey, your advice, if I did not ask for it, (laughs) I honestly and truly do not give a fuck how you feel. At the end of the day, it's about how I feel about myself. If I'm not feeling good about my weight, then yeah, I'm going to do something about it. But again, I'm going to do something about it in private. So whether or not you see that I'm working on it, You know, whether or not you see me changing my eating habits, it's not up to you to make the decision of how my weight makes me feel. For me, being 30, going on 31 in June, I know I want to be a certain weight because when I decide to have children, I don't want to be at this weight trying to bear children. But that's my own personal preference. So I'm doing what I need to do to get the weight down. Now, unfortunately, when you hit 30 or depending on you know what's going on with your hormones sometimes shit slows down and it's a little bit hard to try to drop the weight but for me like I said I'm in a place where I have acknowledged what is going on with my body and I am practicing 
um, being kinder to myself because that's another thing too. Um, yes, rejection is God protect is God's protection, but are we being mindful of how we talk to ourselves also? So, although I did not get the opportunity to um, dance with the Wayne State Dance Department in 2007, therefore pushing my graduation date back, I went back and re-auditioned and I was 30 pounds heavier. And I think that was in 2010 when I got back from Disney. But I re-auditioned in front of the same panel of judges with the same fear in my heart. And I went in there and did my thing and finally got accepted to the dance department. And I graduated in 2014. And let me tell you something. Um, when I lost my grandmother, Dossie, I, I, I lost her. It was a month after my 21st birthday. That was the last time I saw her. And I had I made a promise to her that I was going to go back and do this shit. And then I also made that promise that I was going to go back and see her. And unfortunately, um, she died of stomach cancer so that was that was really hard on me but i also knew you know i gotta do this shit for my aunt bernice who i promised some years ago and now i gotta do this shit for my grandma so i, I like i said i went back i faced the same panel of judges 30 pounds heavier so it was even more scary because i knew that that was the reason why i was rejected the first time but I went back and I faced that fear and maybe I didn't need to join the dance department in 2007 because maybe I wasn't ready mentally, not even physically, but mentally. But mentally, when I got in, I got in and I knocked my program out in three years. It takes people five years to get through that program, but I knocked that shit out and I still stayed an extra year because I was working for Wayne State. So I was just, you know, playing around at that point. But... It takes a lot of courage and it takes guts to have to go back and to look something dead in the face after it told you no. You are going to get so many different kinds of no's in different languages, um, body language, all of that shit. But it's up to you to keep going. Sometimes those... 99 no's will eventually turn into that one yes and maybe sometimes there's a reason why you were rejected from whatever it is that you were trying to do you know again maybe god is protecting you from something much bigger than what you realize and i'm gonna tell you something the fact that i was rejected from when well, i rejected but my um my contract was revoked from china and I know I'm like bouncing around from story to story. But the fact that my contract was rejected to go to China actually saved my ass and it ended up being a blessing. Because the final, what, six people that ended up going to China to travel, they ended up staying in a halfway house. And not, not a halfway house, I'm sorry, a brothel. And they didn't realize that the apartment that they were staying in was a prime area for sex trafficking so they had to stay there for a year and deal with that shit they could not get out of a contract or anything and they told me so many of the stories like and i'm just like wow i'm so thankful that i did not get that contract i'm thankful for the weight <laughs> that i had put on during that time 
because it protected me from something else. Normally, I wouldn't even be excited about that shit, but I, like I said, I'm glad that I did not get that contract to China. And honestly, I ended up doing other things that, oh yeah, yeah, I ended up going back to school, yeah, getting my degree. So even though I didn't go to China, I still finished my degree and I graduated in 2014 from Wayne State University. Um, it was only like maybe like five African-American people that graduated from that dance department and actually finished their degree program on top of their general eds. A lot of the people that walked across the stage with me, although they walked, they didn't necessarily get their degree because they had other classes that they need to finish. But that's here nor there. Um, and then let me talk about my most recent rejection. So y'all can probably figure out who it is, but I'm not going to say the name. As some of you may know, some of you, cause it's not all of you. I applied for a membership for an african-american greek organization i worked my ass off for my application process i even worked my ass off to prepare for my interview y'all the day the interview came i had the flu i had a temperature of 102 the day i had my interview and i still had a rehearsal that I had to um, go to for a performance for a program that we had planned at the dance school where I teach at. So I had the shakes, I was hot, I was cold, I was fucked up that entire day. And I even went to work that day and I was still fucked up. Like I was really fucked up that day. Y'all, I went for my interview and I felt like I bombed my interview. I just felt like I just was not there. Like I was asked a couple of questions and I just felt like I didn't answer them to the best of my ability. No matter how much I stayed up and studied until 2 a.m. and still woke up to go to work, you know, by 10 a.m. And when I got the notification, I didn't even get the rejection letter yet. I got a tip from a friend who belongs to the organization that they started orientation already. It's funny because in the beginning, um, I had already had a feeling that I did not get the membership selection. I don't know why I just felt that shit in my gut, but listen, when your gut tells you something, chances are your gut isn't lying. And I, and I had a feeling, but it hurt more when it came from the person who was trying to help me get the membership because they knew how hard I worked. I knew how hard I worked. And I don't know if I was embarrassed, if I was ashamed, you know, because I felt like I was representing them as well. But I think it was just, it's literally dealing with rejection. That shit sucks. No matter how old you get, nobody likes rejection at all. So I had to gather myself. I literally had to walk out the dance school 
and I just sat in a corner away from the dance school and I cried. I called my mom and I, you know, bit to her and of course she gave me her advice and her um, take on everything and it, it helped a lot. Sometimes I have to talk to my mother because my mother is not <laughs> the typical person that you would normally get advice from because she can be very sarcastic. She's a Virgo. So I have to throw that out there. But sometimes I need her sarcasm. Sometimes I need it because that is really the only way I can laugh to keep from crying. Like we had an issue at the apartment and it was just like some shit that kept happening. And I was just getting like so tired of what was happening in our building. And, and I called my mom, you know, to vent and to cur curse and fuss and everything. And she said something out of sarcasm. And me in the middle of crying and everything, I just bust out laughing because I was like, you know what, fuck it. You're right. Sometimes you literally have to make fun of your own situation in order to find the light at the end of the tunnel. And it is easier said than done, but you probably don't know this. I don't know if you all are into astrology, but that shit is real. I don't care what anybody says. And um, I've been keeping up with my astrology. I can't think of the name of the Instagram that I follow but when I find out I will let y'all know but Gemini's tend to feed off of sarcasm in order to cover up pain now some Gemini's may agree with me some may not so I know y'all call us crazy but you will find at times we often joke about things that are going on in our lives that are really really fucked up in order to keep us moving forward so like when I lost my hair people were so sad about it and I just found myself cracking jokes about the situation um when I was rejected from you know the black greek organization and I was talking to my friends about it you know people were were sad for me but I found myself cracking jokes about it when my grandmother called me fat you know i literally try to find the humor in in pain that's my coping mechanism for dealing with stuff but again when i was reading my astrology apparently or astrological sign apparently gemini's are known for doing this shit so i'm gonna find this page on instagram that i follow but the shit is like dead spot on like i'm so serious but anyways, so yeah, so that was hard because again, I knew how hard I worked to apply for that membership. Um, the amount of research and how long I stayed up just to even prepare for my interview. And to get that letter, like it didn't even sting when I got the letter. It stung when I was told in person that they had already started the orientation process. Um, and then and it didn't make it any better because the president of... The chapter goes to my church and then the other person that's over their board of directors used to dance at my dance school so I was really just like really I just knew I knew I was in but it's okay um, because I ended up saving $1,325 in my account and I put that towards my business so yeah so that's why I'm kind of looking at the light at the end of the tunnel so yes yeah, sometimes rejection is God's protection so 
when I got that letter in the mail about those parking tickets and almost getting a boot on my car, I was glad that I was not selected for membership because if I was, that money would have been gone. So yeah, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, mistakes and failures are just market research for your future success. David Batch was on to something, I'm telling y'all. Um, last but not least, I want to talk about being rejected by the one person you love. So y'all, I have talked about this person very discreetly. And then I even mentioned his name on the podcast because at that point I was through. I didn't give a fuck if he knew I was talking about him or not. But I would tell y'all the worst thing about rejection is definitely being rejected by the one person that you love. And I am in a very happy and a very loving and healthy relationship. So let's not, you know, take that away. But I still love a person despite everything that they've ever done to me and everything that I've ever been through with this person. And when I was rejected, you know, when, when, when I pretty much, he, he rejected my love. Like I felt that shit on not only a physical, but a spiritual level, because I felt like I invested so much time in loving this person. And it wasn't an easy love. It was a struggle love. And I think that makes it even worse because when you love somebody that knows everything about you and they know your pain points and they still use that shit to their advantage that's what hurts the most i think being loved by people that are supposed to love us back or at least we think are supposed to love us back i absolutely hate the fact that we are no longer friends anymore but i'm going to tell y'all something rejection is God's protection. I'm going to just keep repeating that. I really think everything that ever happened to me and this person needed to happen. Because if it didn't happen, I would still be with Boo. And then it would always be that what if. You know, well, what if this would have happened? I would still be friends with this person and he would still be doing the same shit that he was doing you know, 10 plus years throughout our friendship. Now, I definitely want to say that I, I don't know. Like, I I don't, I'm not going to say that I deserved what happened to me because nobody deserves any, the, the amount of pain or sorrow that somebody else puts you through. But, it took for me being rejected by someone that I truly love to show me how it made my spouse feel when we broke up. And I'm not going to go too much into detail because I still like to keep some things private in my life. <laughs> but I will tell you all this. I am so happy that my current spouse and I sat down and we unpacked a lot of baggage because obviously we are both not perfect but most importantly ladies I'm gonna tell y'all something sometimes it's not the man sometimes it's the woman and we don't admit that shit 
And that's something that we need to start owning up to also moving forward. So for me, again, I am just so thankful that my spouse and I are now in a place where we have this loving, healthy, toxic-free relationship where we can talk about any and everything and we could talk about it um from a standpoint where it's not going to hurt us in the long run if anything is going to help our relationship so i always took into account the things that my spouse didn't like i went what well whatever it is that i did to him when we were together you know when we first got together and then also too you know, my spouse and I, we were really young when we started dating. Like, I met him when I was 23. And we were together for four years, and then we broke up for three. He was doing his thing, I was doing mine, and then we got back together um, after I turned 30. But it, it literally took for dating other people and then experiencing that one rejection from the one person that I absolutely love. And I can tell you, I've only really loved three people. Like, I have love for people, but I really loved three people with my heart and my soul. And that was Gary, Nathan, I'm going to say Nathan, I'm not going to say y'all his real name, but Nathan, and my spouse, Boo. Those three people definitely taught me something about love. And, you know, it, it sucked losing Gary, y'all. It really sucked losing Gary because... I loved Gary for different reasons. Like I, I always thought it was supposed to work out between me and him, but I knew that, you know, I either came back into Gary's life for a different reason and him vice versa because we had to learn something from each other, you know? And it, it does suck that unfortunately, I had to lose him the way that I had to lose him. So. It wasn't that he rejected my love. Gary, it wasn't Gary per se. It was, you know, losing him like that and being so close to the loss. It, it felt like rejection too because it, I just I just knew like, oh, you know, we're back dating and we're taking things slow and I wasn't telling anybody that we had started back dating. And then all of a sudden, you know, he died. So I feel like I had to start over again. And... Even during that time, when I felt like I was starting over again, and, and and a lot of people do this, but we tend to go back to what's familiar to us. So I found myself going back to Nathan as far as confiding and looking for comfort. And that was the wrong thing. And I think that's when the rejection really came into play because he was kind of moving on with his life and he was dating somebody else. And it didn't help that he wasn't really honest about the girl he was dating because he had started kicking it with her when me and him were still kicking it. And this is right, this is like right before, but not even right before, but way before um, Gary and I had got back in contact. So I was dealing with like this love triangle for the longest. I was still in contact with my current spouse, even though we were dating other people. I mean, we still loved each other. And then I was still in love with Nathan and it didn't help that he was my neighbor so we saw each other every so often and loving him honestly it was like a drug for me and that I think that's the shit that sucks the most 
because sometimes being in love or, or loving a person can literally be like a 12-step program once you decide to break away from that person. So I say all of this to say that sometimes um, what we think is good for us isn't good for us. It, In the words of Lauren Hill, um, what you want might make you cry and what you need might pass you by if you don't catch it. And what you need, ironically, will turn out what you want to be if you just let it. So the moral of the story is, y'all, if there is somebody that is loving on you and loving you 100% more than you're loving on them or, or just as equally, I think you need to give that love a shot more than the person that you are force feeding your love to. And that's how I felt with Nathan. I felt like after a while, we were not in sync. Um, we stopped dressing alike, which was really weird because like for 10 years, we would unknowingly just dress alike a lot. Um, we stopped running into each other. Like, you know how you kind of run out, you go grab something to eat. Like, it's literally like him and I, we thought a lot alike. And then after a while, like I said, I noticed that we weren't thinking alike anymore. Like we weren't in sync anymore. So that's that's when I knew that it was time to move on. It was time to move on. And even though for whatever reason, I don't know why he just did not want to let go of my friendship. Um, it <clears throat> it hurt to love him, but it hurt even more to like try to stay and be friends with him. And I knew that I could not be happy seeing him in love with somebody else and not returning that same amount of love to me that I returned to him. So I had to let that love go, man. And and now, not only, you know, was he rejecting my love, but I was actually rejecting the fact that I could not love him anymore. As much as I loved him, I knew that I could not love him the same way because he didn't love me the same way. So, what you want might make you cry. And what you need might pass you by if you don't catch it. And what you need, ironically, may turn out what you want to be if you just let it. So, on that note, I would like to thank you all for tuning in in today's show of G Marie Talking the Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you can actually email us at H-E-L-L-O at gmarietalkme.com. And please visit our website to order some merch or to give me a shout out. Let me know how the show is going at www.gmarietalkme.com. I thank you all so much for tuning in to G Marie Taught Me, the podcast, and I will continue to deliver some more unscripted, unfiltered, and unapologetic realness for that ass. I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Today's episode is powered by G Marie Media, LLC.